This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbours are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbours. Do you import and export goods in and out of the UK? If so, then look no further for all your logistics and freight forwarding needs than Lila International Logistics, owned and run by West Ham fans. Lila, that's L-I-L-A, International Logistics, provides businesses with affordable import and export rates for sending and receiving products anywhere around the world, whether it be by air freight, sea freight, courier or road freight. Lila provide a bespoke service for shipments so you ain't being passed between departments and you have a direct contact at all times 24-7 for shipments. Check out their website at www.lilalogistics.co.uk for more info. You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWHU employee. It was a disappointing day at Brentford and it opens up the debate as to whether we should have played our best 11 who were clearly in need of a rest before the all-important second leg against Lyon on Thursday. We talk about that game, the one-all draw on Thursday, the return fixture and more before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Hamway. X, a bad day at the office today. And um, if we're honest, one that was quite painful to watch. Yeah, I'm um, should not bother talking about it. Just talk about retro football computer games, maybe. Because, uh, <laughs> it's tempting. <laughs> it's tempting. Yeah, I enjoy that a lot more than I enjoy today. I mean, today was just the most flat, dull, 
uninspiring performance that we've had in a, in a long while. And I mean, you can put it down to the fact that we've had an intense European game uh, game on Thursday and got another one in in four days to come. You can put it down to not having enough squad squad depth. Sorry, I'm not going to speak very much. There's much squad depth. You can put it down to a number of factors, but the bottom line is you judge the 90 minutes as you see it and the 90 minutes were poor. We know we didn't create any chances. We didn't even look threatening at, at any point. Uh, poor defending from the two goals and yeah just like you said not a good day in the office you know what it was another tired performance I think that's obvious to say that I mean look I'm probably going to make myself look like a bit of a dick when I say this it would be the oh. first time so. <laughs> <laughs> oh I fucking cross that in didn't I? <laughs> yeah exactly um, but <laughs> do you know what I've always to a degree struggled with the empathy and sympathy towards professional footballers that struggle that much from playing from a Thursday to a Sunday. I mean, you look at the, the, the top clubs in the Champions League, you know, and you look at Man City and Liverpool, prime examples, they're competing in the Champions League and, you know, they're, they're also playing Premier League games. And I just think, like, just how detrimental is it to your game if you play on a Thursday and you play a Sunday? I mean, it, it must be because, you know, it, we're turning out performances like we did today. And even if you look at Tottenham away, for example, very similar performance to a degree where at times they look like they're in quicksand and there's no spark. And I don't know, but, but that aside, whatever you believe, that aside, I think it does reignite the debate of playing your best 11 before the second leg of a quarterfinal. I mean, this is our biggest game on Thursday in, in recent history. And I know that we've kind of had this discussion previously on the show. And the way I've kind of worded the question sometimes to you and Mad Dog, I think leans towards me believing that for the Brentford game, players should have been rested. And I know we've got the benefit of hindsight. I know we have. But is it the smartest thing to do to take tired players and make them even more tired going into the game against Leon, a massive game on Thursday. It's, it's like you said, the benefit of hindsight is a wonderful thing. So speaking right now, it seems silly, but when you talk about massive games, and of course Leon is a massive game, <clears throat> you can say the massive, biggest game of our season, but if you look at the results this weekend, you know, Arsenal lost, Manchester United lost, uh, Wolves lost, um, there was one more, wasn't there? Arsenal mentioned those walls. Uh, no, maybe that was it. Um, but anyway, in the in the push for that fourth spot, that Champions League spot, or even the Europa League spots, because you know we want to finish in that above the Conference League, for example. When you look at those results, you could argue that this game was just as important. You know, if we'd won that, we'd be sitting in a really comfortable position in the league, pushing for that fourth spot. So there is the debate that, you know, is Leon as, uh, that much more important than today's game in the grand scheme of things? Because it's a one-off game, obviously, where the winner is going to go through and the loser is going to go out. Then you'd say yes. But this was a really important game as well. And Moyes has, throughout the season, rested, um, you know, rested at the right times and played the full strength at the right times and he's usually got it right and they have had an international window yes not every player had um had a rest during that you know Declan was still playing and others for example but many of them did have a rest and it, it's a difficult one the problem the problem is is that I think it just boils down to the fact that we don't have a big enough squad you know it, yeah there's players you could have brought in perhaps that would have been you know would have been an option but you know that the quality is going to drop when you bring them in you know, what you want is players that are on the fringes that are arguably deserving of a first 
first team spot. But the players that you'd have brought in today, <clears throat> I mean, realistically, if you look through who would it have been, I mean, you could have brought in Diop from the start, maybe today. I think it showed that he's still very vulnerable because I think both goals and were an element down to him. Um, then you look at Mazuaku, is Mazuaku a good enough Premier League player? I don't think he's shown it this season. Crowell, I mean, we haven't seen enough of him, but um, what we've seen, is he good enough? Probably not. Flasic, jury's still out. Yarmolenko, all right, a couple of decent games, but nothing more so than that. So you look through at all these potential players that you could bring in, and are any of them really good enough? And I think ultimately that is where the problem lies. I think you're right. I think squad depth is a real issue. But I also think it depends how you look at it because you said something I expected you to say. And I think every West Ham fan would have said the same thing. Look at how the results around us have gone. This is a real opportunity to get a win against Brentford and get some ground. Playing devil's advocate, the magnitude of that game on Thursday, could you not look at it like actually with results going our way, we can afford to lose this? Because if we lose it, then we're still pretty much in the same position. And we can rest our top players. Zuma's gone down. Now, I don't know if at this stage, because we're recording this a fucking couple of hours after we got in from Brentford today, I don't know the the, the, the kind of uh, extent of his injury. I don't know if it's a serious one, a, a moderate one, or a, a, a small nothing one. But he went down today. Antonio blowing out of his arse. He had a fucking terrible game today. And, you know, aside from that, aside from the actual performances, the tired performances, the performances that just weren't good enough, because I think we were piss poor on a day, to be honest. Watching it was absolutely painful at times. A quality in a final third, giving away possession. It was ridiculous. Sometimes four or five yard passes that were just going astray. That aside, it can't be good psychologically for the players to have performed like that and lost the game going into a massive game in France on the back of a loss. So you've got injured players, tired players, psychologically damaged players because they're going into this game on the back of a loss. Would it not have been better, given the fact that these teams around us have dropped points, to take the pressure off, to say, actually, let's stick Noble in centre of midfield. Let's start the up. You know, let's start Yarmolenko up front and have Mickey to his absolute best on Thursday. Is, is that not a fair argument? Oh, yeah, it is definitely a fair argument. And as you say, it's the benefit of hindsight. I had West Ham won 3 0 today. You know, it probably wouldn't be discussing this. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but players that I would I, see, when you say those players, none of those players particularly make me feel confident. I'd be more confident if you were to give, say, the likes of Elise and Oco Flex a game, for example, rather than put in a proven Premier League a player that hasn't performed because I think yeah. at least when you put in someone like Oko Flex that's trying to make his name and you know no one really knows much about him put him in for this game you know at bare minimum you're going to get effort or at least you bloody hope so <laughs> if someone making their debut it's not going to make any effort then, then there's not much hope for them is there so that's the only that's where I would maybe be slightly different that I would have maybe brought him in um, and, oh, and I played him, I played I him on the wing and maybe played Bowen up front at the I mean, let's be honest, Antonio hasn't performed really in terms like consistently for ages. I mean, he's had good games. I think he played well against Seville. 
Um, I think he played well against someone else recently in the league. Uh, who was it? Um, Everton, I think. Yeah, Everton. I think he played well in those games. Um, but then today he's been dreadful. So, you know, the bottom line is again, and I know I'm sort of going back to what I originally said, but there's no there's no competition for him. There's not a single striker in that squad. No. And I know I know apart from him, and I know we keep going on about it, and people will say, Well, we've just got to trust boys, can't keep using the same excuse that um we haven't got the squad depth. The problem with not having an alternative at all is that Antonio firstly knows that he's always gonna play. Second of all, when he's off form, you can't help him out and give him a bit of rest, take him out of the, the limelight. Uh, also, you can't have him on a subs bench, get the other striker to run around for 70 minutes, harrying their defenders, and then bring Antonio on for the last 20, where they might be slower or, or you know, not, uh, not as much on their peak as they were earlier in the game, and Antonio might benefit from that. So we just literally have no options, and I really think that is a problem. You know, if, if Moyes had the option of another forward that was, scoring, that was scoring when he was given a chance and stuff, then I'm sure Moyes would use him. But we don't have that option, and you know, Moyes made the choice to go with the squad that we've got and not add to it in the summer, uh, in the January. Sorry, um, and so we have to almost respect his decision. It's a really tricky one because I do think we could have done with a bit of rotation today, and I actually expected there to be more so than the ones that there was uh, rotation today. But then you know you argue about rotation, brought in Lanzini and Shafal as the two outfield players that came in. And yes, they've both had injuries, but both of them were well off the pace, well off mm. the pace. Um, mm. And, you know, so even bringing in those two new players wouldn't have done anything. And Diop came on, um, you know, in the first half, and I thought he was poor as well. So the, the three players that arguably, you know, the, the three that were brought in to change it um, were three of the worst players. So, you know, yeah, I just... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but my point is, though, X, I... I compare the importance of today's game, and it was important, don't get me wrong. Like I say, there's two ways of looking at it. That With the results around us, there is either you you go balls out and you try and get the win to make some ground, or you look at the magnitude of Thursday and you take that as a blessing, really, to rest some players because you're in no worse a position than you would have been because of the results around us. Well, but, other than Tottenham, that's the problem, well, though, well, isn't well, it? Well, other than Tottenham, but let's be honest, X. I mean, I don't know about you, but for a, quite a while now, I've kind of given up on top four. So yeah. really, I'm, I'm focusing on top six now. Do you know mm. what I mean? Um, so I, I think what I'm saying is, and li- listen, football is all about opinions. You'll probably have a different one a lot of people listening to this show will have a different one. But for me personally, and I alluded to this last week, really, I think we should have rested players for this game because I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Thursday is absolutely massive because, and we'll come to the game against Leon at home, but because they got the equaliser, we now have to win. And if we don't win, we have to do it in extra time or penalties. I just think if we would have rested players today, what you're saying about the players coming in haven't made a difference. I would rather have had players that came in, didn't make a difference, and we lost the game, which we fucking did with our best team anyway, but but have preserved those players, our best players, and have them fighting fit and ready for, for Thursday. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying I'm... Definitely right, because I don't feel like I am, because there was something clearly not right with the performance today. And it, the obvious thing is to say it's down to the fatigue or down to, you know, it not being 
as big a game as they, you know, as Thursday is. So maybe the players are, are sort of preserving themselves naturally by, you know, by not applying themselves as well for Thursday. But it, it's just, it's really difficult to say what the right thing was to do because so far, you know, West Ham are in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. A good chance of going through and we sit, what, sixth in the league, is it? I haven't checked the league table today, but sixth in the league, let's say. So Moyes obviously got it right before. Yes, he's got it wrong this time, but he's not going to get it right every single time. So I don't know what I'm trying to say, really. I'm just trying to say that I think it's just a bit easy to say he should have changed the team um, when we've lost so badly. I think it's just an obvious answer, whether I'd asked you or others that question at the start of the day, would you put in a load of um, fringe players for today? Probably some would have said yes, probably they would have, but there'd been a lot that said no, and then are now saying we should have on the back of what they just saw. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the majority would have said, look, just play your best players. And you've always said it, mate. You've always said you've got to go with your strongest team. Well, you have, but then there are extreme circumstances. I mean, I've always talked about that in sort of game by game in the Premier League. But when we're talking about the second leg of the Europa League quarterfinal, and we've got players there that are clearly fatigued. I mean, we're assuming it's down to fatigue. Because that performance today, let's be honest, was absolutely fucking dog shit. It was it was painful to watch. Yeah, I mean, but the, I mean, the performance though, down today, a lot of it was down to just poor play. I mean, you know, whether they're fatigued or not, you know, Antonio, yes, you could say was probably fatigued, but he he, he barely touched the ball. You know, he was at fault for the second goal, gave the ball away, didn't hold it up properly. You know, Diop was at fault for two goals. Um, I thought Suchek gave the ball away constantly for his passing was poor. Um, I think the fullback got done too easily um, down their wings. Um, I thought Chafal particularly was poor. Um, and, I, and I think when you look at the performance, I don't think one player played well. You know, and you can, you can say that that's down to fatigue and stuff, but for the whole team not to be playing well. I mean, what? No, I'm not singling anyone out, but what, what did Bowen do? You know, like... Yeah, you, quite game. Yeah. When you come to pick the, the Man of the Match award, which the patrons have subjected them to it today, but it's almost impossible because no one performed well. Would it have made that much of a difference having three or four players that, you know, might have been fringe players playing in that game, would we have performed that much better? Maybe if it was a close game and we just sort of run out of steam towards the end, you could say it. But we were so poor today that I'm not sure it would have made that much difference anyway. I think it was just a poor day at the office and you can look for factors to blame for that. But ultimately, teams have them and we've had a shocker today. It's just one of those things in football. Well, we have. And and I think... See, I don't want to be too harsh because whenever I'm critical with West Ham, which I try to keep to an absolute minimum because it has still been a fantastic season. So I'm, I'm trying to keep the balance between acknowledging the fact it's been a fantastic season and actually coming away from a really disappointing away day. Look, just to recap, firstly, what I'm saying is I wouldn't have expected um, a dramatic improvement if those fringe or youth players would have come in. But for me, I would have accepted a defeat, especially with the results around us, if so they would have come in. Yeah, I, mean, I see your point on that one. I mean, that's slightly different to the point I'm making. I understand what you're saying, is that if those players had had a week off, effectively, from Thursday to Thursday... Well, it seems that's what they need, X. Well, it maybe. It seems to me that's what they that... need. I mean, I mean, do, do you buy into this fatigue 
I don't, I don't, I don't know, mate, because there's arguments either way, isn't there? Obviously, the game's a lot more physical now, a lot more. You know, the the levels of stamina and fitness of the players is phenomenal compared to what they used to be. Yeah, but West Ham you know, are unbelievably fit. Look what David Moyes has done since he's yeah. come into the football club. So we are incredibly fit. And when you talk about the likes of Man City and Liverpool that are first and second, respectively, in the Premier League and are and are competing also in a European competition. I don't see fatigue creeping into their game. Yeah, because and, they and, have the squad that they can alternate. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but are, City, are they rotating it that much, eggs? They're rotating because, because more the, than West Ham. Because for the yeah, of, of course. I mean, fucking anyone can, can't they? Mm. But are they rotating it that much? Because well, especially at this point of the season in the Premier League, it, every game for them especially is crucial, and the Champions League is crucial. So you're always going to try if you're Pep or Jurgen to put out your best available 11 with the exception of maybe one or two, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I think if you look over the season, both of them have got squads to be able to rotate massively. I mean, you look at Man City, when do they, you know, when you name their their defence or their midfielder, even their striker, if they play with one or if they don't play with one, it's always, it's always different people. You know, they've got, a, they've got a squad to have different people compete. Like, they've got 22 players that are all of a top quality in the Premier League. You know, you look at... Um, uh, Chelsea, for example, you know, even though they're not having their best season, you know, they've played large parts of the season without Lukaku, their main signing, without Werner performing, without um, you know a lot of their players being f- fully fit the whole time. And I think that's just the problem that we've got is that pl- like players like Antonio and Dawson, Dawson's played with a knock for most of the season. You know, but he has to play because there's no one else. What 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 I'm saying is as well, it what what you've got to hope, if you try and think of it positively, you, you've got to think the boys have played terribly today. They they know it. Like, you know, I speak to a couple of people in the in the club that are involved in match days, and I'm not gonna message them today. Usually we have like a debrief, but I'm not going to because I know they'll just be gutted and I'll probably wind them up if I start asking them about the game and stuff. But hopefully they can channel that negativity and just say, look, it was a shit game. doesn't really matter, though, because our main game is on Thursday and they can go out there and they can almost use this poor performance as a kick up in the backside because that's what good teams do. Good teams bounce back immediately. You know, how many times have you heard the phrase when like, you know, Manchester United under Ferguson or Arsenal under Wenger? And you'd, you'd say, oh, they, you know, they lost in midweek and now West Ham have got them. What an awful time to play them because they're, you know, they're going to be out to make, prove a point. Let's just hope that that works with us on Thursday. Yeah, um, and, and that is the million-dollar question, isn't it? Which way is it going to go? You know, because I, I go back to saying, you know, Zuma's picked up a knock now. Please, God, he's fit for Thursday. I, I don't, don't think know. he will be. I don't think he will be. I mean, I mean, well, 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 then that's a fucking disaster then, isn't it? Yeah. He's, played, he's played Zuma in the game today, just like he played Declan Rice, just played like he played Antonio. And I'm not knocking David Moyes. I, I Really, I'm not. I fucking love the geezer. But let's be serious for a minute. We've got... A fucking game that is off the Richter scale in terms of magnitude for this club's history. And and results have gone in our favour. So it's actually given us a bit of a pass to say, do you know what, West Ham, if you lose this game, it's not the end of the world for a top six qualification. Give your boys a rest. So you know, what was your team been today then? If you could sort of, let's just forget the results happened or whatever. If you was to pick your 11 today, what would your team have been today? Well, well, I will promise you this. I'll promise you this, right? And you can go back to last week's podcast 
and and the interview we done with Mad Dog for Mad Dog Bites. You can t- I might even have said it outright to be honest, but you can tell by the way I'm I'm raising the question and the way that I'm talking that I do actually believe we should be resting players. And now I, you're right. I've always said you got to play your best players, but I'm talking about you know, before Europe came along, because it, before we had Europe, the most important games are your Premier League, because it's what you can strive to achieve in the Premier League. But now, this season, there is something bigger. And the thing is, mathematically, we are so ridiculously close to, at the very least, securing a Conference League qualification. I'll be over the moon with that. Not a problem at all. For away days, for the credibility of what the club's achieved, not a problem at all. But genuinely, I think going into the Brentford game, do you know what, X? I I would have been, if David Moyes would have fielded 11 youth team players for today's game, I would have totally understood it. I would have totally understood it. And let's be honest, and this is the bit where we've got benefit of hindsight, would they have done any worse than those fucking first team players today? No, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have. Today, I wouldn't have fought because today was an absolutely dreadful performance. But imagine, let's just say then, imagine he puts in 11 youngsters, as you said, and we lose the game again as well. Obviously, we don't know what would have happened. We can't, you won't know the results of two games against the same opposition. So we don't know what would have happened if you'd have put the full strength team out. So we lose with the, with the young players playing. Um, and then we get we miss out on a Champions League spot by a point. Imagine what the fans would have been saying then if he'd done that. Yeah, but then at the same time, if we would have lost the game, a Premier League game, where other teams around us have dropped points, it's not the end of the world. No, if, but if, if, we... if, if yeah, but if if he then would have played our best players, put them at risk like Kurt Zuma, for example, and there's the physical risk and then there's the psychological element of them now going into this massive game on Thursday on the back of a defeat, which is never great psychologically, let's be honest, because your confidence has been knocked a little bit, you've lost momentum. That's not ideal either. So I I kind of, I I think if he'd have fielded a team of youth or fringe players or whatever it was, I would have understood that because if we'd have lost the game with those players then we preserved our best players going into the game on Thursday. And for our league position, having lost the game against Brentford, it's not the end of the world because of what around us. Well, let's say he did that then. He put the youth players in, right? We lose the game. And then he goes and puts the full-strength team back um, against uh, Leon, and we lose that game. That's even more... uh, No, no, because because I think you would look at it and you'd think... Do you know what? He, he's made the best decisions he possibly could have made, and we've had a go. We've sacrificed one game, deliberately sacrificed one game out of 38, and it was a game we could have sacrificed. It was a game we could have folded to have sacrificed because of what happened around us for the sake of this one game that is do or die. We win, we go through to potentially play Barcelona in semi-final. We lose, we've had a go. We know that we've given ourselves the best opportunity to get to that semi-final. I believe that we haven't done ourselves any favours today for that game Thursday. And that, and I just think that is such a shame. Mm, possibly. But, I mean, again, when you look through that squad you're talking about, fatigue of players, only really Declan, Suchek, 
Antonio, maybe. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Cresswell, although he has missed games. No, Cresswell's missed quite a lot, actually. Let's just go those three. Suchek, Declan, and Antonio. Pretty much all those players, and Fabianski maybe, haven't played a full season's worth of games. Yeah, so, I, I know. So you're, so you're saying, like, literally, some of these, I mean, Bowen's only just came back. Shafal's only just came back. Um, Lanzini's only just came back. Ben Rama's not played every game. Um, Fornals has not played every game, although he's played many, but not every game. Zuma missed a large part of the season, um, as did Cresso, as did Shafal. So none of them have played, like, 40 old ga- 48 games, whatever it is up to this point, so that physically they'd be completely fatigued. And really, you'd like to think a professional footballer that's paid the money they are could manage to play a game every every three or four days just for a small period of well, time considering well, they've just had right. an international break well, and that is that is the debate isn't it because like mm. for me i struggle with that a little bit and and i say this potentially naively because i'm not in the game if you spoke to anyone in the game i'm sure they would explain the intricacies of why playing on a thursday and a sunday is so much more detrimental than someone playing Saturday to Saturday in comparison. And I'm sure it will make total sense and I'm sure I'm wrong. But I just, I don't know, I I look at it and I think you can only compare these players with the here and now, you know, because whilst it's been a long season, I don't think players now, as we speak now on a Sunday night, are still fatigued from Kidderminster away. At some point they would have recovered from that. But we're talking about the here and now. When was their last game? When did they play before that? If the fatigue theory is to be believed, then, yeah, I, fucking hell, a lot of those players you've mentioned have played those Thursdays and Sundays. And and by the looks of things, it can be a killer. Mm, yeah, Especially I, with the squad that we've got, because you're... Well, that's, you're that's, I keep saying, that's the ultimate problem. The squad depth is the ultimate problem. Well, yeah, of course it is. It is. But then again... You know, you can't argue that with, well, if if we're injury-free, again, it comes down to the argument of, well, these are finely-tuned athletes that live their lives in the right way. They eat well. You know, they, they don't go out on the piss left, right and centre. They are very, very fit. And David Moyes is an absolute taskmaster when it comes to fitness. So, you know, you'd like to think these boys are at, at, at their peak in terms of physical fitness. So then why is it so incredibly difficult for them to play an hour and a half on a Thursday and then an hour and a half on a Sunday. And I might, I honestly, I might sound like the most naive person on the planet now because you are right with these bigger clubs. They have got a bigger squad and they can rotate just how much they do rotate for the big games. I don't know because I'm assuming that these big boys also play their best available 11, but then you're talking about quality. You're not talking about fitness and fatigue. You're talking about quality because you're just putting out your best players. So then there's no difference. There might be the odd one or two players you'd rotate, but at this stage of the season, when you're talking quarterfinals of Champions League, semifinals of Champions League, and then you're playing Liverpool for a potential title decider, you're playing your best players. You're not going to give your kids a run out. You're not going to give your fringe players a run out because these games are so important. So it's the same with West Ham. Whilst our squad is small, you think even if it was the size of Man City and Liverpool, you still play your best 11 players. And I believe that Moisey knows his best 11 players. So I, I, I don't know. It's and that, That's all well and good. But I just think for today, when you're approaching such a massive game against Leon on Thursday, 
And I look at Kurt Zuma fucking going off. And I look at Mickey, who was so ridiculously frustrated at the shit game that he'd had. And he's probably knackered himself. And I look psychologically at the fact that we've lost to a lesser team away from home. What that's done for our confidence, our momentum going into Thursday. I just, listen, I'm just saying, if, if I would have been in those stands today, like I was, like we were, like many others were, and I would have seen a team of kids out there today, I think I'd have been more comfortable. And I actually would have been comfortable with a loss. And, and it's rare that I say that because I'm a big fan of winning mentality and you've got to win every game. But this is different because we've got a second leg of a quarterfinal that we have to win on the night. Just fucking rest your best players. Speak to them individually. What do you need, Deck? Are you fit? Can you play today? Mickey, look, could you do with a bit of a rest? You know, speak to him directly. Get, get a vibe from him because whether he's done that or not, you look at those boys today, they look fucked. There was no spark. There was no electricity. There was no tenacity. And I, I don't know. I, I just, I worry a little bit for Thursday. No, I do. And I understand your point. But also what I've done while you've been talking is I've loaded up Man City's team against Atletico Madrid, yeah, in the Champions League, which they won 1-0. And then their team today against Liverpool, which was 2-2. So obviously the keepers stayed the same. At right back against Real Madrid. Uh, sorry, Atletico Madrid, they played Cancelo. And they played Cole Walker today. John Stones and... Laporte played both games in the centre back, left back. Cancelo's gone from right back to left back. Um, and, and Nathan Ake was the left back against Atletico Madrid. In midfield, De Bruyne is the same, Rodri is the same, but they've um, got Gundogan or whatever his name is, Gundogan, uh, played against Atletico Madrid and he didn't play against Liverpool. Then Riyad Mahrez started against Atletico Madrid but was on the bench. Um, against Liverpool. Um, Raheem Sterling started both games. Gabriel Jesus came in today and wasn't playing against Atletico Madrid. Phil Foden came in today, wasn't playing against Atletico Madrid. So they've got, you know, they're they're two massive games there. Um, They're playing um, against, uh, you know, the Champions League quarterfinal and not a title decider, but one that's going to go a long way to decide the title. Um, And, you know, they've been able to uh, rotate, what was it, five players? there six players in those games and ultimately they've won well they haven't won today but they've they've basically got a great result today stopping Liverpool from winning and obviously a great result on Tuesday and they've been able to rotate it that much and and therefore to me that emphasises the point that we don't that you can rotate if you've got the right players to rotate and I think who you blame that on whether it be Moyes the board whatever that is what cost us in January was not adding any players look at Tottenham Tottenham was struggling massively um, prior to the January transfer window and then I hate to say it recently they've been on absolute fire because they brought in um, those two players I forget their names they, they've, well, I can't remember where they're from now but they brought in two players um, in January that have really transformed them um, and just you know I think next season we need to sign about 10 players and if we've brought in two or three additions in January we might 
we might have been able to rotate enough today to still be able to get a result. And, you know, ultimately, whether you rotate or you don't rotate, I think the problem is we don't have the players to rotate with. You know, you, Crowell has not done anything. Yarmolenko, not really done much. I've, I've said them all before. These players don't come in and have the impact. So, unfortunately, Moyes has almost had his hands tied effectively by himself and by the board by not having the options. You know, you can bring in Oko Flex and all these players, which I would have thought would have been a better choice than some of the three in the squad players but again they're completely unproven ultimately I think we should have brought in players in general I know that's the easy excuse I know people would say you can't keep saying this every time West Ham lose but it, it backs almost both our arguments there and I think that is ultimately the problem Antonio shouldn't have played today really he shouldn't because we need him for Thursday he's our only striker he played terribly today he was knackered but there is no one else to play up front really that will do a good job. Yarmolenko? Not really. Okay, he scored two goals. One was a tap-in against Seville, which he almost missed. And yes, he scored a good goal against um, Villa or whoever it was. But not really. He's had all season, hasn't he? And not really done anything. The fact that Moyes chose to not bring him on today and he'd rather stick Flasic on the wing and put Bowen up front shows that Yarmolenko, where, where his thoughts really lie with him. I, th- I think from my perspective... What I'm saying is, and, and I'm and I'm agreeing with you, because this does come down to squad depth, and you make a good point in terms of the Man City swaps that they've done, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the point I'm trying to make is I would have been prepared to lose that game today. Man City would have made those changes and not be prepared to lose because of their squad depth. I think I'm a realist in terms of the squad that we've got. And I think when you've got the squad that you've got, you have to put things into perspective and prioritise. And we're not talking about a League Cup third round game here. We're talking about a second leg of a fucking quarter final of the Europa League. So I would have been prepared to have lost those three points by putting in a load of kids. And honestly, I'm not just saying this for the benefit of hindsight. I'm really not. If, if, if he would have read that team sheet out and it would have been predominantly academy and fringe players, I would have understood why, because that would have screamed that we are having a fucking proper go on Thursday. And that game on Thursday, especially in light of the results around us, would have meant more to me than this game today. And that's Mm. all I'm saying. So, you know, when I say about Yarmolenko for Antonio, of course you're getting something completely different. He might have come on and been even worse than Antonio today. Fucking hell, Mm. he'd have to go some, but he might have been. Oco Flex. You know, if if ever there's a game that you're prepared to sacrifice, and that should never be the case in football, you should look to win every single game. But if we put a bit of realism on it and we look at the magnitude of Thursday, this really is the first game of the season where that I would have been prepared to throw. And I'd be like, listen, let's just give it a pass. Oco Flex is banging on the fucking door. He's doing really well. We think this kid's got potential. Let's give him a run out against Brentford. And do you know what? If we lose, we lose. No real damage has been done because of the results around us. Mm. And we go into Thursday with our top players in the best form they can be in. And mm. that, that's my argument. 
Mm, yeah, no, and I understand your point. And I'm not saying that my argument's completely right either. I mean, you might have brought in players in January that have made no difference would have, would have affected the team spirit and morale. You know, more, more we, we are trusting Moyes to bring in the best players that he thinks are right for the club. And maybe he didn't think those players were available in January. So there's no point bringing players in for the sake of it and then disrupting everything that we'd already established. So, you know, there's a flaw in my argument too. But ultimately, I think we just have to write today off as, a, as you started the show with as a bad day in the office mm. and that it was just one of those things. It happens to all clubs. You know, you get you get results where the teams don't play well at all. You know, many nights, if you wouldn't have thought of lost to Everton, Arsenal have lost at home to Brighton. You, know, you never would have thought that. You know, um, there's been other results that have been, you know, not what you think will happen. And, and that happens to everyone. I mean, you know, for example, I thought Chelsea wouldn't play well at the weekend because they lost 2-0 to Real Madrid. They just played in the Champions League. They'd lost um, to Crystal Palace, oh, sorry, to Brentford the weekend before. Um, and then they go and beat Southampton 6-0. So the sort of, the logic of why things happen Sometimes it is obvious, but sometimes it's all just completely hypothetical. Like you, you never know entirely what would have happened. You know, yeah, yes, you could have put the young players in today, and we might have uh, rested our players, and then we might go and win on Thursday. We might still win on Thursday. You know, like and it's it's like calling things after they've happened is a lot easier than calling them before, and that's why David Moyes is the manager, and we trust him, and what a job he's done for the last however many years he's been in charge now that we just have to think that he, if he makes a call, of course we can give our opinion and criticise it, but ultimately he's not done a lot wrong for us since he's been the manager. And I think you just have to accept that today was crap. I think it would have been crap regardless of who was playing. And it's just one of those days. Um, and then Thursday, yes, if we lose, we might be able to say all those players shouldn't play on Thursday, but if we go and win three, Three 0 or whatever, and you could then the argument is, well, yeah, it was the right thing to do. So it's all it's all a bit hypothetical, I think. Ultimately, we've just got to trust that Moyes does the right thing for the club. Yeah, of course. And listen, he's earned the right now to be trusted by West Ham fans, one hundred percent. And he knows a hell of a lot fucking more about football than I do. Let's have that right. But I just think it's 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 common sense to give yourself the best possible fighting chance going into Thursday. And I, I just, I, all I'm saying is I would have been, and it's not with the benefit of hindsight, because like I say to you, if I'd have seen the start 11 before the game, hand on heart, and it would have been this obscure team sheet where maybe I didn't even know two or three of the players, it would have made sense because I'd be thinking he's resting the boys with the limited squad that he's got for Thursday. Instead, we've, we've basically taken a, a tired group of players, made them even more tired, and physically disrupted them and psychologically disrupted them and I just look at it and I think is that the best preparation going into Thursday especially potentially losing Kurt Zuma as well I mean fucking hell what a kick in the bollocks and I must say a needless kick in the bollocks really I'd rather have Kurt for Thursday than today that's for sure mm. but you know I don't know yeah no I know I know and I can understand the argument mate I'm not I'm sort of trying to bring a bit of balance to the show by giving a counter argument but I can definitely understand the argument I mean as I said it, everything was poor today it, if we played the youngsters then at worst we would have been poor again but the players that would have played on Thursday would have had a week off so I, I do understand the argument but I, I don't know I just think 
I, if I was Moyes, I think I would have been putting a, a strong team out today, and that's what he did. So I can't come back and say he shouldn't have done it now that I know what the result is. I think I would have honestly put a strong team out because I thought if we get if we get three points against Brentford, um, you know, we would have been sitting in such a good position in the league that ultimately that gives you a massive confidence boost anyway. I mean, I'm looking now at the Premier League with three more points added to um, our total. Um, I said, I'm looking there. I thought it would load a lot quicker than it did. There we go. Um, we'd be on joint with Arsenal, 54 in fifth place, three points off Spurs. You know, and you think, and you think to yourself, wow, we still got to play Norwich. Um, we still got to play uh, Burnley. Um, we still got to play who else is in there? Chelsea and Arsenal are in there. Um, but you know, you'd think we can pick up some points here, and then you'd be looking at fourth spot, fifth spot, sixth spot, and feeling comfortable about it. So I can understand why Moyes did what he did today. Yes, the argument is now perhaps he should have rotated, and I totally get that. But I likewise get what Moyes did, and he and he's done it before, and we've won games. You know, uh, I think. I think we would have lost against Tottenham anyway, dare I say. I know they played us at a good time because we'd just been severe with extra time, so we were knackered. But I think Tottenham, on the form that they are at the moment, they probably would have beaten us anyway. Um, and and I think it's just, um, it's just one of those things that are, we are at the point now where he's got to try and win every game that's left. And we don't have the luxury of a big squad to be able to rotate and have quality come in. I mean, like... You know, even back in the day at West Ham, we, you know, you you would have. I remember at one point we had John Hartson, Paul Kitson, Ian Wright was around, was he? I think it was Ian Dowie there at the same time. And no, even if I go more recent than that, we had Bobby Zamora, Marlon Harewood, Colton Cole, Carlos Tevez. Um, missing someone out of that. I think there's one other that I'm missing. I mean, there was about five strikers at the time. You know, and if it was like Marlon wasn't performing or Bobby or whoever it was, you could bring the other person in. We just don't have that option at the moment. So I, I, not to keep repeating what I've already said, I think it was a terrible performance today. Really poor. One of the worst of the season, I would say. Um, but I can understand why he picked the team he did. Mm. Let's talk about Ben Rama. Because mm. he's come under fire a little bit for his performance today. Did, uh, I mean, from my own perspective, whilst his end product was missing, I think he was probably the most tenacious player we had today, in my opinion. And the thing is with Benny, because of the nature of his position, and today he was picking the ball up, he went on a few good runs, took on some players and whatnot. He was the only player really on that pitch that made me feel like something could happen. It didn't happen, and he did get a bit of stick for that. Were you quite surprised that given the fact that he's playing against his old club, he wasn't started today? Yeah, yes, I was. I thought, you know, when we were discussing the game beforehand and then we found out the team changes, um, just to reiterate whilst I'm on the topic, it's not going to be the new thing that I just pasted on Telegram. There was two reasons I did it. Firstly, we didn't get much signal out there. And to get onto Patreon, you have to go through, I have to go, I don't have the access that Dave has. I have to go through my email onto Patreon, upload the graphics, blah, blah, blah. blah. I won't bore people, but it's a lot harder than just posting to Telegram. So I had the option of either tweeting it or Telegram. So obviously for patrons, I went on the Telegram. And also, it wasn't 100% confirmed. I'd had it told by a very good source. But as you all know, by now I like to have two sources. And I only had one source. So I didn't want to put it on Patreon. 
have the usual people steal the graphic off the off the um, patron and post it in their group chats and then just to get loads of abuse if it, it was wrong ultimately it was right so it was fine but that's why so it's not the new thing but um, in terms of Ben Rama I was like you said before the game I we both agreed that against his old club it would make sense to play him you know and I think actually I'd rather he played this game and Lanzini played in Leon than um, you know than the other one. The, 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 sorry, I'd rather yeah Ben Rama started this game and he rest Lanzini and Lanzini played against Leon rather than the other way round. And because I think Lanzini offers just a little bit more defensively, which we're going to need in an, in an away leg. Um, so yeah, I was surprised. It's, uh, he's a very frustrating player because on his day, like you said, he's exciting. He runs at people. He can make things happen. I think the opposition probably when they see him fear him because of his dribbling and, and the fact he is direct but so often his final ball or his final decision uh, making lets him down he's just a very frustrating player he's just so inconsistent he has the potential he's got the ability he's got the ability to be a great player but he just lets his decision making especially lets him down and i think you know he's still young you know, he's had a relatively, you know, he's never really played at the top level until he came to West Ham. So hopefully, hopefully with another year of European experience and Premier League experience, by the time he starts to hit 26, 27, 28, we'll start to see a much more um, consistent performer. And I, but I think that's why people get frustrated because the lack of consistency. Yeah. Patrons gave man of the match to Fabianski. Do you agree with that? Did they? I thought it was Dawson. Oh, was it um, Dawson, was it? Yeah, Sorry, when yeah. I last checked, it was Fabianski. Is it yeah, actually Dawson? I think it was Dawson. I think it was a late surge. Let's have a look. Um, okay. Yeah, no, he's Dawson, hands down. Dawson, 64% he got. Oh, wow. Uh, and oh, Fabianski got 8%. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Must have checked it quite a long time ago. I was going to say, that's what I've done. I wouldn't usually, <laughs> I wouldn't usually correct you like that, but when it's that, that, that inaccurate, I feel like I have to. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no, Fabianski did come second in... in looking at that but yeah like Dawson was hands down the winner um do I agree with Fabianski Fab if it was Fabianski Fabianski and I think Dawson were the two best players yeah um I think Fabianski won a couple of crosses dealt with a couple of one-on-ones quite well I, obviously I've not got the benefit of seeing a replay so I don't know if he could have done better with the goals but um from where I was I don't think he could have I think it was hard for him to save them and as I said to you at the game, I remember saying it to you, Dawson, I just love Dawson because he's just a, a, a reminder of days gone by when it comes to football. You know, apparently he broke his nose. They thought he'd broke his nose against Leon on Thursday. And then the, the same thing happened right at the start against um, Brentford today. That he got a knock on the nose. They thought it was broken and come out of place again and he just goes down and never for one minute do you think he's going to go off even when he looks like he's got a bad injury you think to yourself yeah he's just going to battle through he's been playing through the pain all season and I just love him he's just such a classic old school centre back you know, and people abuse his passing and yeah it's probably not the best but recently he's been picking some decent balls across um, the pitch and, and over the top for players I just think he's been a great signing a really good signing and I think when you talk of hammer of the year you've got the three obvious choices for me rice is the hammer of the year then bowen is second and zuma is third that's my choice but 
for the sort of the next group beneath that, I think Dawson is the next one. I think he's the fourth place one in my opinion. And so the fact he's won another patron player of the um, game, I think he won it against Everton. He might have even won it against Leon. And if he didn't, he was close. So I think he's he's really consistent. Um, and I think when Ogbonna's fit next season, you've got a real decision to make whether he play Ogbonna, especially as he'd be a year older, off the back of a bad injury, or you sign someone new, or you stick with Dawson. Zuma has to play centre-back, and that's who you play against uh, alongside him. And I think Dawson's been brilliant. And Fabianski, to his credit, you know, I've given him a few, like, criticisms over the year over the sort of over the years over this season and, and last season um but i think he's started to be a bit more um consistent recently again mm. um he's getting close to getting back to what he was when he was hammer of the year so yeah i agree with those two yeah mm. well no burger review today the patrons might have noticed and mm. uh that is because there was no fucking burger van. Again, Again. it's these new stadiums, mate. I think you're right, mate. I think you're right. I mean, you talk about the stadium. It's the first time we've been there today. Yeah. Uh, and, and structurally, we were quite fucking confused by it, weren't we, really? I oh, mean, it's, it's weird. It's, you wouldn't look at it and say it's a nice stadium, would you? No. And then like like I said at the time, and then the blokes that were in the row in front of us at the game also said, it reminds me of the Dell, Southampton. You know, I think the fact that it's red and white is the obvious similarity. But when you look behind the goal, they do that weird thing where it's like starts off with like two seats, like and that's all you can get like two rows then three rows then four rows then five rows it gradually gets bigger and bigger like a like a staircase and it's just it's just stupid like if you're designing a new stadium why on earth would you design it like that i thought you know i thought the stadium was really really odd to be honest with you and mm. um yeah so the first time i've been there that does complete the set for me now premier league ground so i've been to every premier league ground now which i'm pleased of and as i said to you today that was literally the only boat only bonus of today that I can now say I've been to every Premier League ground other than that there was not much else but yeah strange stadium no burger vans literally nothing much around the stadium really was there um, yeah. and so we couldn't Some find industrial one industrial ran there as well wasn't it yeah, you know, just like, like busy roads everywhere. Yeah, and stuff, so. yeah. Don't don't like Brentford at all, to be honest. No, um, no. But yeah, in terms of the burger review, there's nothing we could have done because it wasn't one. I mean, there was something we could do, but we opted against it. We popped into the Esso for some mm. uh, Strongbow Black Fruit Cider, <laughs> uh, which we polished off before the game. And um, as you walk through the door to the right, there's your little hot counter. We can get a pastry and sausage roll, and there was. A fucking cheeseburger there. Now I picked it up and I said, "Fucking ex, this looks grim. This does. This is proper grim." And you agreed, but you said, "I'm fucking starving. I'm just going to get it anyway." And we were tempted to review that, mm. but we didn't, did we? You ate it, and it was as grim as it looked, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was along the same standard of Kidderminster. Now we know what happened wow. to the Kidderminster burger that yeah. went straight into the bin, courtesy yeah. of a uh, ruthless Roger. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, bless Roger. Actually, he's actually had a question later, so we could say it later, but he hasn't been very well recently. No, I wish um, you well, Roger. Yeah, so a shout out to to him, and hope he feels better soon. Um, yeah, so we probably would have ended the same fate. But to be fair to the burger today, you kind of expect that when you get a burger off a hot stand at an SO garage, you know you're not going to get first class, you know, gourmet meal there, are you? So I could almost excuse the burger today. It did the job. 
I'll take it. It, it was it wasn't great, but we didn't have any other options apart from what was that chicken shop called? Oh, uh, it, yeah, or something. Cluck it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, because <laughs> it yeah, definitely yeah at the end. Yeah, so we were tempted to review Cluck it, but um, we thought fuck it, and we didn't. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. boom, boom. Um, yeah. So yeah, you should have laughed more at that joke, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Otherwise, but, Mad Dog's right. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but no, it's true. Yeah, but it wouldn't have qualified, would it? Because it's a burger no. review in the day, and I think no, exactly. you know, whilst we haven't specified it's a beef burger review, I think we all know that it is, and. Uh, it has to be for consistency. Well, the, the thing is, X, you know, you look at the likes of Man City that are already uh, stamped with a, I think it's a 12-point deduction, wasn't it, for not having a burger van yeah. in the round yeah. their stadium. You'd think that knowing that we were coming, Brentford yeah. would have done something, even do if it was think- a mobile fucking stand just for the day. Because in the day, I don't know what more we can do. Should we write to these clubs before? Well, we that's go what and- I thought. Maybe we should. Maybe we should give them the heads up. I mean, really, we shouldn't have to do this. They should be professional enough to be prepared in advance. But possibly for the sake of future content for Patreon, we need to let them know we're coming. And, and the least they can do, like you say, is put up maybe a, a £2.99 disposable barbecue from Tesco's and cook us a burger on that at a bare minimum. Bare minimum. Bare, and and yeah. even then, they get a shit score, I think, because, yeah, you know, it's so. just not a proper burger van and the environment wouldn't be right. And uh, I just look at it and I think that's another point deduction. You know, I they now so. join Man City in the relegation zone. And mm. I, I think it's a genuinely, joke aside, I think it's a fucking disgrace that, I do. that these 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 football clubs these days, they move to a shiny new stadium and they sacrifice a bit of their, and I do mean a bit, a bit of their soul by not keeping open some of the sort of working class bit of grub that you get before a, a game of football. Do you and know I, what? I though, what it. And whilst we're kind of saying this tongue in cheek, there is an element of truth to that. Like when you yeah. look at the new stadiums, they are lacking in the old culture of a of a of a football club back in 100%. the day. You know, the smell of a burger or, or a hot dog was part of football. You know, the people standing on the side selling badges, like those little pin badges, and selling scarves and selling you know programs of previous games and things like that. That was and fanzines. You know, you don't ever see fanzine sellers anymore. I mean, I know it's all online and digital, apart from blowing bubbles, which is a is a good fanzine. Hopefully, everyone enjoys my column in there. Um, uh, it's uh, you know, there's not many. There's not many of the old traditions left around the ground, really, is there? And Brent, Brentford was just a classic case of let's get a shiny new stadium, stick it where we've got a bit of space in an already built up area, and let's just get on with the football and not really think much else of it. But yeah, it had it lacked character massively. Yeah, very disappointing. Very disappointing. Let's talk about Leon on Thursday because we can't not. Give me your faults. Oh, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, sorry, mate. In terms of first, just gone. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, that game was a tough game. I think the ref was a major factor in in why it was so tough. I thought his decision making was terrible throughout the game. Um, you know, he's the same ref. I don't know if people knew this, but most did. They got suspended from uh, German football for match fixing. He's also the same ref that Jude Billingham um, called out in a live interview and then got massively um got consequences for it um he was terrible i thought he gave decisions wrong the whole game not not always in our favor and not always in their favor sorry sometimes in our favor but 
constantly wrong. Um, I think it wasn't a sending off. Now that I've seen a re, I didn't think it was a sending off at the time, and I still don't think it's a sending off. And I watch it back. I don't, think, you know, if he's going to score from there and that be a goal scoring opportunity with the fact that there was a centre back coming and Cresswell, and he was at an angle, and he is one of the world's greatest strikers. Don't think that was a sending off. He, you know, even things like nine minutes extra time, whatever it was at the end of the half. You know, where where the fuck did that come from? I think the ref was terrible, um, and as a result that affected our performance I thought we were probably probably slightly the better team slightly but a draw was probably a fair result and given the fact that we had 10 men for half the game then we've done well to keep it at that score and I think we were the better side and we had 10 men so we should have confidence going into the game I don't know if you've seen but they've just played today they drew one all against Strasbourg they scored in the last minute they did play their strongest team as well coincidentally right. um, and but as a result of it and it kind of backs up a little bit what you're saying with West Ham I don't know exactly why these players went off but their keeper went off after 34 minutes so you know if your keeper's going off after 34 34 minutes you've got to assume that that's an injury um and then five they, they may i don't I assume obviously well i don't assume i can see it in the in the league they can make five subs in um in france and so he took off all all these players were substituted um that that is um the goal scorer that it was Nimbele that scored, wasn't it? He was taken off in the 84th minute. Hossim Ayora, he looked really good. I thought he was. I thought he was their best player. He went off after 62 minutes. Even Musa Dembele went off after 84 minutes. Now, according to Twitter, three of those players are injured. So um, that's that's good, particularly if one of them was their keeper. So you know that would be handy. But what, I think the game one all was a fair result. I think we've got everything to play for in the second league and we shouldn't fear them. Well, I tell you what, if I'm a Leon fan, I'm fucking tearing my hair out over that even more than I am as a West Ham fan at Brentford because mm. they're, what, 10th in the fucking league. I don't, I, I haven't checked the league. I don't know mathematically where they stand. Look, but I, look I'm, I can tell you, but carry on with your point. It, and I'll what, tell you. Yeah, no, if you could clarify this, because if they don't realistically have a great chance at qualifying for the Europa League or the Champions League, Again, why the fuck are you putting out your best team when you so, got that on Thursday? Yeah, so they so they are tenth. Um, they're not going to get relegated. They're miles above relegation if they put up a def- a decent run of games together. For the- they could start to. I mean, they're ten points behind third, and they're thirteen points behind second, and they're eight points behind fourth. So they kind of could be in the hunt, but yeah, it's there's they're 10th in the league still. So yeah, it, you do kind of question if if you apply the logic that you think Moyes should have applied what their manager was doing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, again, I just find that strange. If Twitter is to be believed, then they've got three players injured now on the back of playing today. And we've got Kurt Zuma injured now. I, I, maybe it's just maybe everyone's listening is thinking I'm a fucking idiot but no, I, I, I don't think so I, I I've seen think, what are both clubs fucking doing yeah I've seen people say on our um on our, our telegram app that they think that we should have rotated so I think more people agree right. with you than don't right uh, okay yeah I mean I, I don't know I don't know but I, I can only give my thoughts on it and uh fucking hell you know there is some logic to West Ham because we're in the hunt for certainly a top six finish with Leon, whilst mathematically it's possible, they're 10th. 
they got there's less logic to that. I mean, they're in a fucking quarterfinal. They, they've they've just drawn one all away from home. You'd think that they would fucking rest their best players for that game to be in a, mm. a semi final. I, I just find it really strange, really strange. But please God, if they have got three players injured, that's brilliant for us. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, absolutely. But do you know what, mate? In terms of the game, it's hard really to build on what you've said. I mean, it, it was a tough game as expected. It, it was, let's be honest, it was 10 against 12, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't 10 mm-hmm. against 11, it's 10 against 12. The fucking referee's a cunt. I've never seen anything like it in my life. The sending off, not enough contact for him to go down, which is why he fucking winked a little mug. Um, not a clear goal-scoring opportunity, in my opinion, because at that point, he's running in a, a sort of diagonal direction away from goal, um, or certainly not towards it anyway. So I'm not a referee, but I, I didn't see that as a red in a million years. Mm. Um, something I wanted to, to talk to you about, I mean, briefly as well, to be fair, to be fair, before I go on to my next point, um, I thought, I thought they, they, they played okay, actually, away from home. Uh, certainly defensively, I, I think a, a few people have said that they can be quite vulnerable at the back, and I get that. But I think they defended well under pressure. They, they coped with the high press very well, I thought, and they were quite composed at times, certainly in the early part of the game. Um, and I think that was a big part of our strategy to put it on them early doors, and I think they coped with that very well. So I don't know what the strategy is going to be from either manager going into Thursday's game. So that's interesting and also nervy as well. Um, but something I wanted to talk to you about, because we have to talk about it, was James Croucher. Now, for those of you that don't know, James Croucher is the award-winning cunt that <laughs> decides to run onto the fucking pitch and disrupt play during an attack for West Ham. What this little fucking prick was thinking, I don't know. Now, he's since come out and giving an apology, and I didn't mean it, and I'm sorry if I upset any fans. As fucking usual, these fucking people are sorry because they've been caught out and the heat's been fucking turned up on them. That's why they're sorry. When he ran on that fucking pitch, he didn't give two fucks. When he got marched off, he didn't give two fucks. He's smiling, he's giving it a big, and he thinks he's a fucking Jack the Lad. The geezer is a fucking little prick, right? I was fucking raging with this little melt like most West Ham fans were. So, James, your apology isn't accepted. You're an absolute fucking bellend. And I'll be honest with you, X, I hope someone catches up with him and gives him a fucking slap. I also saw, and I don't know how true this is, that apparently he's a fucking Chelsea fan. Now, And I also saw, also, also saw, that he was he was also seen at Wolves giving it to the Wolves fucking fans in the Wolves end. I mean, I don't know who this cunt is or what he thinks he is, but he's a fucking nightmare, isn't he? Mm, yeah, it's just, I think it's a classic case of, uh, of not being able to control your drink probably at a young age um, and probably throwing in a bit of being a bellend too. Um, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking really. I mean, running onto the pitch anyway is the most stupid thing ever. Like, what does it achieve? All it does is disrupt the game. At best, you're going to get a few people laugh at you. At worst, you're going to get what he got. Um, and it just doesn't achieve anything. Then you get yourself a criminal ban. You know, I can understand sometimes when West Ham have scored a last-minute goal and everyone's buzzing like Leeds away, for example. I can I can get that. I can get the passion. just overtakes you. But just to be suddenly think, right, I'm going to run on now. Apparently, he did it for a £50 bet. Apparently, it was all filmed on TikTok. Did it for a £50 bet. I mean, fucking hell. You know, again, the person that bet him, it needs to have a look at himself as well and I just think the whole thing is that is just embarrassing really you know, you're not a proper chance. West Ham fan if you do that oh yeah I mean if, if no. you're going to do it and you're going to do it for a bit why don't you do it when Leon are on the attack 
Do you know what I mean? Because you're basically putting that 50 quid before West Ham. Mm. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's fucking inexcusable. What a fucking little bellend this kid is. <laughs> I can't tell you. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, whatever happens to him, fucking good. And I hope something does happen to him. And I hope people do catch up with him. Because I can't fucking let that go, mate. Honestly, I was so fucking angry with this little melt. Honestly. Mm. I, I hate to say it, but um, I think, I think there's a, sadly... And I think I experienced it on Twitter. Sadly, there's just a, a culture of um, of people of that age, sadly, that do seem to be, <laughs> I hate to say it, dickheads, really. And that's, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Um, and uh, he's obviously fits into it. I mean, he's probably on, he's probably on football Twitter called, uh, you know, something like, I don't know, direct Dawson or Luscious Lanzini or something not with their own face as their picture obviously and go around trying to get rises out of big counts it's just a very very odd thing for to get like status with your mates you know when, you know when we were growing up it would be you know how many drinks you could drink and not do something stupid or how many girls you could meet or how nice your car was how good your base box was or something like that do you know what i mean whereas now it's like how you can abuse someone on twitter or how you can run onto a football pitch you know it's it's just uh i don't know yeah there's no words for him really in that well there's one or two but let's move on yeah <laughs> um right so let's talk about thursday i mean that is a tough game x isn't it mm, oh yeah massively massively i think um I think we we shouldn't fear them. I think it is obviously a tough game. I think it's going to be a tough game on and off the pitch. I think Leon fans are going to be interesting, to say the least. And I think it's going to be a tough game. But we have the quality to beat them. 100% we do. We proved that. And the fact that we matched them with 10 men. So if 11 men, we can do that. We we can we can win that game. Um, I, I think we should go into that game confident. Personally, think it's going to go to extra time and possibly penalties, but I think we should feel confident going into that game. It's tough, one hundred percent. They played well, whilst he was obviously a prick for the goal, um, uh, for the setting off. I mean, sorry for Cresswell. I think that Dembele looks quality as well. I thought he, if we're looking to sign a striker and we've been linked with him before, he looks great to me. Pacey, like original with his play, strong. Um, I thought he looked really good. He's he would be a big concern to me, but I think we've got to go into the game and think. Look, if we're gonna win, if we're gonna win it, you know, if we can't beat Leon, then we're not gonna beat Barcelona, are we? So we should be able to beat Leon. Let's go out there and just give it our all. And as lot the the players know, if they give absolute everything in that game and we still lose, the fans will be gutted, but they'll take it. We can't have another performance like we had today because that'll no. just be that'll just be crushing. No, no, listen, look, they've got to turn up. They've got to be at their absolute fucking best because if we're at our absolute best, we're winning that game. No two ways about it, but we have to be. And I just hope physically we are and mentally we are. Uh, so it's a big week of preparation going into that game. And it is going to be a very tough game. There's no two ways about it. But, you know, just, just to kind of, I suppose, add to what you were saying about um, Leon, for those that are going, in all seriousness, do keep your wits about you because I, I, I think Leon are a bit of a handful in terms of their fan base. And I got educated today because apparently, apparently, they have these two separate firms. Politically, they're separated, right? So they've got these, these different beliefs and they're separated. But they have this pact, <laughs> whereas on a match day, they come together to be bigger in numbers. And they do like to make a statement, especially in Europe. So all I'm saying is... 
you know, wherever you are as a West Ham fan, just make sure you're part of bigger numbers and just be careful because it, well, it could get tasty out there. They've already been thrown out of the French Cup this year for fighting with Paris FC. They yeah, had their game yeah. abandoned. Um, they've also had their uh, they had an incident when we played. They played Marseille when Dimitri Pai was hit with a bottle. That that they have a history of being quite troublesome fans, and I think I think especially if we win that game, then there's going to be. You know, there's going to be incidents afterwards, 100%. Um, apparently, uh, football violence is on the up in France. God knows why, but it is. Um, so, like you said, mate, I think people just stay in numbers. <laughs> if you want to go looking for it, it'll probably be easy to find. But if you don't, just try and stay discreet um, and, uh, you know, try and enjoy the game because Seville was an amazing experience. I didn't feel mm. threatened once in Seville, I guess, apart from when the Frankfurt fans turned up, but from the actual Seville fans, it was a brilliant, brilliant experience. And that away day will live up there with one of the best away days I've ever done, I mm. think, in my life, mm. despite the fact we lost the game. It was such an amazing experience. I don't know what Leon's going to be like, to be honest with you. Um, so just, yeah, just I think it would be a good laugh, 100%, but it's going to be a bit interesting afterwards because they've also made a note of the fact, I think Leon fans, that number of West Ham fans have got tickets in the Leon end. Um, so if you're, if you're one of those West Ham fans, then do you're going to sit there and do your very best to remain, you know, remain uh, anonymous to the fact that you're a West Ham fan. Mm. Predictions League. Mm. Now, what an absolute fucking roller coaster this is proving to be between me and you. Yeah. I mean, literally on the way to Brentford, you were voicing a concern that if results didn't go your way today, you could be banging trouble. Now, as we had this discussion, the tables have turned and you're now above me. Yeah, by four points. That was just four literally nothing. How mad is that, though? I Seriously. Know. I know, it's ridiculous. At this I mean, point that, of the season, that's mental. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not even, it's the equivalent of a goal, basically, isn't it? Like It's like you predicting, I don't know, the result being 3-0 and me predicting 2-0 and you predicting 1-0. And that's the difference yeah. between yeah. it. Um, and it's unbelievable. It's this close. I mean, it's it's uh, the fact that I'm, what, I think, I can't remember where I am. We're like, I'm 20. Eighth or something, and you're thirtieth or something like that. Like you're two points behind, two places behind me, and and four points. But it's absolutely ridiculous. And you know, if you do go on to win this, then this, then fair play. I couldn't have done any more. You would have deserved it. There's no, there's no need. Um, uh, you know, to feel too down, I'll, I'll take it if you win it. And you know, ultimately, um, it's been a good competition and fair play and well done football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, mate, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at it now, actually, and you're 28th with 3,133 points, and I'm, what am I? I'm 29th with, really? um, uh, yeah, with 3,129 points. So there's four points difference between us, which is just, honestly, that is incredible. When you think we've got 1,200 registered players, now how many of them are still playing? I don't know, but there are 1,200 registered Fuck me, to be four points between us is incredible. So and what's funny as well is that I've got, you've got, was it so like seven more spot on predictions than I have, um, which means that I've got more results right than you, but you've got more spot on than yes. I have. So yeah. it's like, yeah. it's an interesting way to look at it. Like, like, it's not even as if, you know, it's just because we just keep calling the obvious games the same way. 
you know, we're doing things differently. Like what at the start of the play today, I was like minus 48 points behind you or something like that, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. But because I got Norwich result right and then I got one goal better in terms of the prediction for the Brentwood game I know why the results slightly because I said a draw and you said a win um, so I think that might have made a difference and I got the Liverpool score spot on yeah. um, then, I, yeah. then that swung it to me being ahead of you and it's just so on a knife edge now it's so I mean fair play to the game the game does make games interesting like I had a you know that Leicester Crystal Palace game I couldn't have cared less about that game if it wasn't for the fact that I had 2-2 and then so I was desperate for Palace to score a second goal. Um, so you know, it just it does make other games much more interesting now. Yeah, it does. It's enjoyable, and it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. That's for sure. I think you've won it, mate. To be fair, what do you, what do you mean? You think I've won, I'm fucking behind you? Yeah, no. Just the way it's turned, I was like 250 points ahead of you. I think, I think, I think it's, it's turned. I think you've won it, and you know, fair play to you. There's no need to gloat about it. You know, just... are you are you the Kevin Kagan to my Alex Ferguson? <laughs> or the other way around? Are you going to have a wobble? Maybe I'm trying to make you have a wobble. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's my case in that respect. It's maybe if I, I want you to have a breakdown on the podcast. Yeah. I love it. I love it if I beat you. You still got to predict. <laughs> and, uh, and if you predict that right, I love it. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. That is I still want fancy football this year. That's yes, yes, yes. I mean, not like I actually competed. But, no, but, um, still won. but you buy a technicality, I suppose, even though I wasn't registered to play. Uh, yeah, I suppose you can class that if you yeah. really want. Um, yeah. Not that I'm overly comfortable with that, but yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll give you that if I beat you in the predictions. How's that? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. So, yeah, I, I prefer fancy football anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, it's that time again. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts create our reality. We're thinking Geico offers claim service 24-7 with personalised attention from an assigned team. Geico offers claim service? Um, I wasn't thinking that. We think it, and it becomes our reality. So, uh, what about washboard abs? Let's give it a go. Think Really hard. Okay, abs, abs, abs. Yep, keep thinking. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.